words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Theologically speaking, after the Holocaust, everything changed. All sorts of theology that had worked perfectly well up to that point suddenly didn't work really all that well anymore at all. So for example, the biblical explanation for all sorts of hardship and difficulty that it had been sent as divine punishment no longer worked. Similarly, the concept of forgiveness suddenly became that much more difficult. How could any one nation or faith group or individual be asked or expected to forgive anything of that magnitude? And yet this morning, Matthew tells us that for Jesus, we are to forgive not seven times, but indeed 77 times. The tradition of forgiveness seven times comes largely out of the Gospel of Luke, but it's not enough for Matthew. Matthew has to multiply it. And there's some disagreement about whether what he means is seven times seven or 77 times. I think there's probably a good reason for thinking that it's 77 times that he means. What Matthew is doing is looking back to a passage from the fourth chapter of Genesis where Lamech, who is great-great-great-grandson, I think, of Cain, boasts that he has killed a man and been avenged 77 times. And so Matthew takes this tradition and turns it on its head and says, do not avenge, but rather forgive as many times as you are possibly able. I think there's probably a really interesting and good reason why Matthew makes this turning upside down or the connection with the idea of avenging. And I'd like to give you a little bit of background um, from where I come from to, to give you an idea why I think this is. In England, um, where I spend most of my time and when I'm not enjoying myself visiting VTS, which Richard, my husband, and I happily am uh, happily are at the moment. I'm working on a project about trauma. Uh, it's a project funded by the Templeton Foundation and it's designed to resource clergy to help their congregations to live through experiences of tragedy and then the trauma that follows them um, and to, to do that in the best way possible so as to find ways in which a congregation can be helped to make that journey through the necessary trauma project well and not to get stuck at any of the stages of trauma so that trauma becomes definitive of the character of the congregation. So that's what, that's what we're about and we travel um, around the United Kingdom uh, teaching in seminaries actually and also clergy who are mostly fairly new in their time as clergy to give them some theory and some background in that work. 
And one of the things that I've discovered in doing this work about trauma, um, and particularly doing this work about trauma as a biblical scholar, is that stories really matter. The stories that we tell ourselves matter enormously and make an incredible difference. So I've been doing some work around resilience in particular lately, and one of the things that I've found is that those who tend to be most resilient are those who are able to look back over their own story and to retell it, to find a way of integrating the disaster with, who, with what their stories were that they told about themselves previously and to find a way to tell a new story that integrates the two and builds a way to move forward into the future. But not all stories are equal. Some stories help us to move into the future well, and some do not. When individuals or congregations or nations choose stories after trauma, that adopt the trauma experience as their core identity and says that in the face of this experience, we were innocent victims and tell stories about their victimhood and what was done to them without um, building into that early element of responsibility or agency those stories do not lead well into the future. Unfortunately, once you adopt for yourself an identity which is about uh, victimhood and victimizing, you create only two possibilities for yourself going forward. One is that you will be further victimized, and the other is that you will victimize others. They are the only two choices that you lead for your leave for yourself forgiveness is a way of choosing a story which takes responsibility and agency for one's identity moving forward it's a different kind of story and so jesus says forgive not seven times but 77 times. This morning's gospel story, and of course, the saying is followed on by a story which explains it, is very much personalized. This is not an abstract problem that Jesus is addressing. Peter comes to him and says, if another member of the congregation sins against me, how often? should I forgive that person? And in the story that we have explaining it, we hear about the slave who owes 10,000 talents. Actually, the largest amount of money, really, that it was possible to imagine or to signify. 10,000 was the highest number, a talent was the greatest amount of money. Put them both together and this debt is enormous. Pretty much like the debt of the Holocaust really. Um, and you might remember that it's in Matthew and Matthew's version of the Ten Commandments in which sin and debt are held together 
as an idea. So the forgiveness of debt here, the forgiveness of money, is operating as the forgiveness of sin. And so it's personal. How do I respond to this person who has sinned? Um, this issue has become personal for me in the last couple of years as I've been doing this work because one of the things that I've been fortunate enough to do is to do some work with Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. A number of you may well know his writing. It's extraordinary. He was until quite recently chief rabbi of the United Kingdom and he took on that role in an unusual way. He was extremely popular and enormously respected. And Richard and I have been lucky enough to do some work with him following on from his recent book, Not in God's Name, in which he reads the book Genesis and thinks about the kind of problems that stand in the way of the three great faiths, Christianity, Judaism and Islam, surviving together in the world. And he recognises in this book that the taking on of identity of victim is problematic in pretty much just the way I've described. And yet, for him, because of what he has experienced and because of what his people have experienced, there is a blind spot. And I worry about what I am going to say and what I can say and how can I can deal with these issues and still be friends with my friend Jonathan Sachs because these things which divide us are so great. And yet, how can I not name the situation in Israel and Palestine as perhaps the most thorny playing out of this problem of the cycle of trauma that we currently face in our world. And you know that in this country, we have stood and watched um, as, the, as your president has made statements about where um, our embassy, where your embassy should be in the United States. On the one hand, how do I speak? And on the other, how do I not speak? But of course, this morning's gospel, and, and this is an issue that you will find in your ministries, both here at seminary and when, we, when you leave, there will be people to whom you need to say, forgive. And yet, the say, forgive to those people will be too difficult a thing to speak because it's not yours. Our gospel this morning, of course, is far more personal even than that because the gospel is not calling me, even though it might appear on the, on the surface that what I am to do is to condemn the slave who then didn't go on and forgive his fellow. The gospel is calling me to remember that the person who is to forgive is me. The identity of the innocent victim is never one that I can claim. I am not called to judge another and the role of the innocent victim is not mine to claim because I am always the person 
who has been forgiven the unforgivable debt by God. And I am also the person who is called to forgive the far smaller debt which may be owed to me by my brother and sister. Peter came to Jesus and he said, when one of my brothers and sisters from the congregation sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said, no, I tell you truly, you must forgive 77 times.